This is a Stand Up New York Labs production, providing you podcasts since 2013. Podcast with funny man Damian Lemon and the voice of your choice, Ali Muhammad. Yeah, this is Damian <laughs> Lemon. This is Ali Muhammad, and this is in the conversation the podcast. We here, yeah, kicking it. Bird. You know what I mean? Hey man, it's almost Christmas. Teeing it up to the almost holidays. The New Year's 2018 is yeah. coming to a close. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm trying to. Get to these last bit of checks and shit yeah. before it's over. Yeah, they about to start pulling the gate down in a second. <laughs> this holiday party season, niggas is getting drunk and saying, hit me next. Happy New Year. Niggas hit you with the Happy New Year on the 19th. I hit you Happy with New the, Year. Then they say, did, then you were like, hey, um, what about that, that invoice? Happy holidays. Did you send it? <laughs> oh. You go resend it and I get to it when I get back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's when they hit you with the straight... Uh, the what was the, the away message on the email? Unfortunately, that the out of office email, <laughs> the out of office email was a little bit of a stunt too. Sometimes, depending on how familiar you got with your out of office, some people keep it standing. Hey, I'm out of office. I'll be da 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 da. Other people are like, hey, I'll be uh on the beaches uh, such and such and <laughs> da, da 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 da. Really stunting on niggas. Like I'm living my best life. And you deal with it out yeah, there, all player. That, all that email energy you got over the holidays. All that entrepreneurship and shit. Yes, yes. This is the props of the being having a job. Right. The perks. Man, vacation, nigga. Yeah, you you know I'm good though. You know we closing it down, getting getting to it. Yeah, I went to my first holiday party last night. Who's? Uh, shout out to Bird Brain, uh, Ryan Ling, and the whole squad over there. So you like in the the holiday party circuit? A couple of them, a couple of them. You know, uh, I'm gonna actually miss the stand up New York uh, holiday party because I'll be out of town. But um, yeah, I hit them. I hit a few if they, you know, if I get invited, I fall through. A holiday parties, the holiday parties, fun. You know what yeah. I mean? You gotta know how to, you gotta know how to play it. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, you don't get too smidashed. Yeah, man, I haven't been invited to one in about ten years. Really? Only of holiday parties I went to was with you mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Oh right, 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 right. That was cool. But that you know, a cool it's, a, it's a certain it's a certain type of business you got to do with somebody to get invited to the holiday party. We should have had a soiree, b. I like a soiree. Sound like it's a little. It's, it's they don't got to all the way be a party party. A soiree don't really need a DJ. Soiree, <laughs> you could just aux cord that shit. Have no something doubt. to eat, some liquor, no a few people in the building. That shit could have been a, you know, that could always happen though. I'm just saying, I don't know why we're talking about what could have been. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You want to do it, then do it. God there you go. Top of the year. Shit, we got a lightweight, you know what I mean? A lightweight little piece right here, a little preamble to the holiday season. You know, we got some uh, some JG Melon coming through. I'm starving. What is the JG Melon? I don't think the people. Burger are. spot. JG Melon is a reputable burger spot. And, uh, we starving. It looks like JG Mellon delivers, so we gonna find out how good these burgers are on the transport. But Word anyway. up. 
Word up. That's a meandering. So, so what's good with you, man? Man, everything, man. I'm just chilling. <laughs> you know, everything is good. What I do today, man? I, I was uh, I was kicking it today. I, I did a little bit of uh, uh, cleaning. Getting some shit together. <laughs> he can say I was kicking it today. I was clean. No, I started with a clean. I started with a clean. Tried to, you know, tried to loosen some of the hoarding, get some of this shit out of there. And then also, I was watching. I was watching um, this over this weekend. I've been watching Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime is on the low. They got a nice couple indie black movies on there. Mm-hmm. I watched this one movie. Tyrell or Tyrell, uh, that's actually still in theaters. Actually in theaters, playing at like little art spots like IFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you could or you could buy it or rent it on Amazon Prime. Tyrell, I watched it because it's got my man Jason Mitchell from Straight Outta Compton, mm-hmm. who I think is one of the great actors of this new generation. Which um, which character did you Easy play? Easy E, Easy okay, on the shot. He's uh. He's in this movie, Terrell, with uh, Michael Sarah. I think the I forget the kid's name, but one of the dudes that uh, played on Girls, he dated uh, what's her name, Allison, Allison Williams character. I forget her name, but anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's like a Get Out type of movie. Nah, it's maybe, but nah, not as the stakes are this high. It's definitely a, a black outsider movie though, mm-hmm. like a black dude. Winds up kicking it with like, like a group of white friends up in the Catskills. They got like a little home that they renting out or whatever, and they just kicking it. And uh, it's really just how it feels to just be the only black dude in a super white situation. You know what I mean? It's very mumblecore. It's like Mm -hmm. one of these mumblecore movies. But it's interesting. We talked about this before where you see some of these dope actors kind of getting in that mumblecore genre, like when Regina Hall did Support the Girls. Mm-hmm. So you see, it's it don't the the movie meanders a lot. Like it doesn't really have a <clears throat> like a a rival point. There's no true point to it. It's just motherfucker. It's just a weekend. Okay. Just what it is. You the black dude that just wound up hanging out, people getting to know you, you know what I mean? Some people say slick shit, you know, it's 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 all love, but it's still moments of, well, what that mean? Or what's you know what I mean? But then you get to see Jason, who supposedly I don't think was a trained actor. That motherfucker's a beast. Mm. He just like just various shit. He handles it very well, but there's this one moment where he smacked. Like drunk than a motherfucker, and you know when you're trying to play drunk, it could go you could go too far with it or not enough. And when you could play drunk and it's relatable, I'm like all right, you know what I mean. I, I really appreciated that part of the performance. Might have been because I, I had a light buzz as nah. well, <laughs> so I was right there in that moment. But other than that, that shit was cool. Then I saw today, I saw pimp. The uh, Kiki Palmer movie where she play a lesbian pimp. That's the name that of the movie, Pimp? Pimp, that uh, Lee Daniels directed. And where you seen that at? That's at the theater? It's on Amazon Prime. Again, I told like you they Prime got a little- Free Prime or- No, no, no. no, no. You, you it's $6.99 the rent, for the rental. The rent Prime, okay. I mean, it's called, it's like, these are movies, for particularly Sorrel, I think Pimp is on a transition maybe to uh, DVD or whatever, but like- 
This is like another alt, like a small movie that maybe everybody's not gonna go see in the theater. You can mm-hmm. pay X and then, you know, uh, fucking rent the shit. So I was like, yo, that's kind of cool. Let me go ahead and support the shit. I was curious about it anyway because I'd seen, I'd seen her talking about the shit. Mm-hmm. And like, you know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't the illest, you know. Kiki Palmer playing a lesbian pimp. You know, it was, it was some moments. You see her bust her gun, though. She get it off a little bit. I'm like, okay, Akila with the with the motherfucking gat out. Cock, 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 There was one line where you see uh, where she says, uh, <laughs> I thought it was funny. She got one line where she trying to motivate because she's like a struggling pimp. You know what I mean? She grew up. Her father was a pimp. Peep, her father was a pimp, but her father was DMX as well. So her father DMX was- DMX in the movie? DMX is in the movie. Her father's like, you know, I gotta, you know, teach you how to, teach you the way. You know what I mean? Not not like, he not doing DMX, but he's, he doing his thing. But you know how could I mean? he not? He's always going to be DMX, but he's not doing the- He's not you know, barking he's not doing nothing. He's not barking or no shit. Lee Daniel's like, ah, uh, X, can you not bark or growl? He's not bad in the movie, but he's father. He's early on in the movie. He's a pimp. Her mom's was a was a hoe, you know what I mean. And he he after they gave birth, she became he turned her into a housewife. She was off the stroll, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Uh, they would get high together though. They were heroin addicts. DMX winds up uh, ODing. They roll him out there. She grew up watching him. He used to teach her how to count money. You know, she was in the mix. So she grew up a pimp's daughter. And he was fine on like, look, I'm trying to, I'm trying to guide you into the into the path. Mm-hmm. Like she was like maybe nine. One of DMX's homeboys was like, Ain't your daughter a little too young to be in the game? He was like, nah, nobody too young to find their path. And it was, I was like, it was like, so you know what a motherfucker as a hoe was? As no, it's a pimp. Okay, and she pimping who? Little girls or just she pimping grown women? She pimping whoever wanted to be pimped. <laughs> no, she was pimping. Started, I guess, initially it kind of started with, I guess, her peers, and then she went to the strip club and like you know, like young women. But at first, they might have been not little girl, but you know, like. 17, some shit like that. I don't know. Okay. And then um, just after he died. But uh, yeah, that moment was one of those moments where the where message, even though it's ignorant as fuck, it's still a bit profound. It just don't apply. Like when my man, because my man had, you know, there was a there was a a valid commentary on the parenting to say, hey, hey, brother, uh, I forget your name, but brother pimp. You don't feel it's just, your daughter's just a bit too young to really be in the game? You know, pimping, we fucking selling flash. It's your daughter. You sure she's not? He says, that's never too young to find your path. I'm like, damn. Because it might never be too young to find your path, but this might not be the path. That's why we need guidance counselors. It was your path, nigga. (laughs) You projected. (laughs) Anyway, so he died. And then uh, he's out of there, and then she's in the streets, he's pimping, and blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't want to fuck up the movie, because I definitely want y'all to enjoy it. But right. she definitely, she definitely does some gun busting. No doubt. Low, low, you know, gunplay out there. You know, Kiki, Kiki, catch a body. Kiki, do you love me? Bang, bang, bang. No. Motherfucker. How you doing, brother? 
I'm doing great, man. Last year, like I say, closing strong, man. Trying to keep this momentum all the way through 2019. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Trying not to sit down and, you know what I'm saying, let my shit kind of rest. Okay. I want to ramp this shit up while everybody else resting. I can dig it. You know what I'm saying? You know. So that's what I'm on. I, um, I was in Atlanta the other day. Uh-huh. Doing some pitches, some business pitches, and, you know, that shit came out pretty good. You can talk about it or nah? I mean, not specifics, but, you know what I'm saying, um... Yeah, it's some shit that that need to be delivered for the Super Bowl while everybody comes to Atlanta. It's these videos that trying to do to, you know, promote different shit. Uh-huh. So we had to pitch for it. It's a, you know what I'm saying, a city organization, so we had to do the bidding process. So I had to, you know, get my mind right. I haven't pitched in shit. I don't know how long. Like, pitch, pitch. How you get your mind right for a pitch? Tell I don't know. It's like, you know what I mean? Because like I said, like, I'm used to, I've set my shit up to where motherfuckers just come and, you know what I'm saying, okay, we like that shit, let's do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not used to having to, you know what I'm saying, okay, this is what we do and right. this is how we're going to do it. And Because mm-hmm. it's a lot of work going to a pitch. got to sell that vision. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You gotta. You actually got to do some of the work to get to the work and then they might say nah and use somebody else. Right. Or they might say nah, take your shit and use somebody else. Right. You know what I'm saying? All of those things resonate in my head because when I first started, you know, that's all I knew was pitching. You know what I mean? You go pitch, pitch, pitch. And then I realized that I was in a vulnerable position at the time where I'm pitching but they they looking at you as like okay you a solo flying where's your where's your staff and where's your company Where, where's your your office you know what I mean right. so where's it, your infrastructure yeah where's your infrastructure so when you don't have that they started to look at you as an individual as opposed to a company you know <laughs> by yourself as solo by, dolo you know production so and that's a vulnerable place to be in mm-hmm. so what I found is that you know I would pitch and. <clears throat> this one specific scenario was where, you know, I was pitching and the guy that he didn't use my stuff and then he went and used his friends and did the same shit that I was pitching. Mm. I was like, ooh, damn. You know what I'm saying? Hurt my feelings at first. And but you know what that's the <clears throat> fucked up thing is that's also one of the risks of pitching. Exactly. And it's kinda like you gotta you gotta charge that bitch to the game. As much as you right. might want to swing on somebody right. corporate. Right, exactly. You know what I'm saying? You wanna is you it's like you wanna swing on somebody corporate, you trying to, you know what I mean? You need this shit and these niggas <laughs> out here playing games and shit. hmm So I was pissed off. But then I had to think. I was like, okay, what did they have that I don't? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They had a little office, you know what I'm saying? They had a couple of shiny cats that was in their company. You know what I mean? It looked it looked it looked good on paper. You know what I'm saying? Um, but then I also realized that they had overhead, they had, you know what I'm saying, they had that big office. That all that same shit that looked good is a, it can turn into a, a weight around your neck, an albatross. So what I what I discovered was that not discovered, but what I was thinking was that okay, they can't move without a check. You know what I'm saying? They, well, they they're less likely to move without a check than me. So which means um, they can't execute an idea until they get 
somebody to pay for it. Or they they rent is going to start falling. You know what I mean? So, you know, they got shit to worry about, so they got to get these checks. So what I started to do, I was like, okay, I'm going to crew up. I'm going to buy all the equipment and shit. I'm going to do everything that I need to do that I can make moves no matter what. No matter if I never get if I don't get a check today, I could execute an idea and draw the checks to me. So that was my the thing that I wanted to do. You're more proactive than reactive. Right, because I couldn't beat them at looking shiny. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I couldn't beat them at infrastructure. Right. But I can beat them with showing a complete, full, fully produced project. So that's what I did, and that's that's how I started drawing business to me. Right. And from that moment on, that's I, I never pitched again. Right. You know what I'm saying? But then when you're talking about big city organizations, uh-huh. you got to, you know what I'm saying? It's a bidding process, so you have to do the certain shit that you got to do. Um, and so I had to pull myself together, and uh, I bet I'm going to do this shit. So, I, you know, I don't even got no real business pitch suit no more. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, like I don't have a businessman suit no more, so I'm just fully creative looking and shit. So I'm like, fuck it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> He's a creative and artiste. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I used to have a selection of you know businessman suits that you could go with when in in time of need. But I was like, fuck it. So I don't know who I'm pitching to. I don't know what the aesthetic is. I don't know right. shit. All I know is I. I got to go in there as me. What you hit them with? No, I, I I put on my I put on a sports coat, but it was still, you know, what I'm saying still nappy hair, still had the hat on, still uh-huh. had the glasses on. Okay, you know what I'm saying. Uh-huh. And went in and just you know I had you know the trench coat with the collar popped all the way up. Uh-huh. You know what I mean. So I went in there looking like me. Okay, but you 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 gave them a little something. But I gave them what was in my head. That's what you know. what I'm saying that's what mattered. You know what I mean. And then once I got in there. And we started talking this shit. We was on the same vibe. What, what were they looking like? Were they suity? No, they was corporate. You know what I'm saying? It was only, I only met with one person. Okay. So I didn't know if it was going to be a group or not. Uh-huh. I met with one person. Uh-huh. She was cool. She was uh-huh. corporate. You know yeah. what I'm saying? She was, you know what I mean? Just, you know, like like the type of motherfucker look like they always had a job. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like always, you know what I'm saying? How's that person look? No, Explain not even. That. Give me that look. Let's talk about you it. You got you got you got your, you know, she had a her corporate slacks and a blouse. Okay. And you know what I'm saying? She just had a demeanor of put together. She was put together, like, you know what I'm saying? Ain't never lapsed in her life her health insurance and shit. You know what I mean? Uh, business card <laughs> is Chris. Chris, business card and know how to get a job. You know, it's a certain kind of person that that know how to get a job. Mm-hmm. That you know, they you know, if now they they lose a job or they they tired of this job, they know how to go interview, yeah. put put their resume in the street and get a job. LinkedIn is Spider Man webs. Yeah, yeah, my me, you know what I'm saying. I don't get jobs like that. <laughs> no, nigga. I, Every time we talking, you working. I'm saying I work on my work. I'm talking about a job in the office. Okay, like uh, you know what I'm saying. Like, uh, got to put in a resume as job. I don't. I, I ain't never got a job off a resume ever in life. Mm. Ali Muhammad don't get the callbacks. Yo, do they still sell resume paper like that? How much is? What's the? I think you just send your shit on the email. That's now. What I'm saying. You ain't got time. Resume to paper used to be something, boy. That was that was a decision. Yeah, and then I never it never cashed out for me. Nah, not much. I got. I think I got. To- I think I got a job on them, but, but keep going. But to so the, to talk the, about to this the, pitch. Tell no, me wait, about wait. like what you do to get your mind right. Okay, so you came through Ali uh, as far as the, the dress go. 
but like, and I know you maybe can't jump into super particulars, but like, was there any triggers that you tapped into to get you back to to the old pitching machine, or was there any songs well, or any? At, you know, no, at mean? this point, at no, at this point, it's like it's really like okay, let me dial into what I know. Right. You know what I'm saying? And the thing about thing about me, and the thing about doing shit out here on your own and for years after upon years is, it's certain shit that you know. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And it's certain shit that you that you have experience with that can't nobody really fuck with you on. You know what I mean? And that's what you got to lean on. Like, so if we talking about doing this particular thing about mm-hmm. this particular subject, right. you can't really fuck with me on because, one, I, I know the space. You know what I mean? I know the buzzwords. I know I know what's important. Right. And in, and, and in selling, like even though I don't pitch, you still selling. Mm-hmm. All the time, when you delivering a product, you're selling. Mm-hmm. And the thing that 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 keeps me popping is is that when I deliver a product, I'm giving you exactly what you wanted, mm-hmm. and also exactly what you didn't know that you needed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And some shit you didn't say that I know. Okay, if that's what you want, you need this mm-hmm. to accompany that. Yeah. And and that's just understanding. That's just listening. That's just understanding the environment and listening and fucking executing. So you can't fuck with me on that. That's that's my my whole my um my my calling card, my keystone, my benchmarks, my whatever the fuck you want to call them is understanding what that is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Hearing what you're not saying because mm-hmm. that's more important than what you is saying. So <clears throat> in that regard, I'm listening first. Mm-hmm. So. A pitch in this particular situation is understanding. So mm-hmm. let me hear what it is that's the problem, mm-hmm. what it is that you're trying to accomplish, what's your goals. And then after that, all I'm doing is solving problems from there. And that's what I do. Mm-hmm. So the pitch turns into a conversation, then it falls more into my world. And I could tell you in it's a way. organic at that Yeah, I could, I could tell you in a way that makes sense right. what you need. And what you don't, and you know what I'm saying, it's, it's one of them situations that turned out really good because it was a 10.45 meeting that I didn't leave till it got down 2.30. You know what I'm saying? Because nice. we just kicked it, you know? And once you once you get to that level, then, you know, the rest is doing what you're supposed to do. So from that meeting, then now you got to put the whole proposal together in the bidding process and then outbid everybody and then beat everybody else. So that's where I'm at now. I'm um, putting the pitch together, the uh, the the proposal together, and turning that shit in tonight. Uh, good luck. Good you know luck. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. But, but you know, I love I, I love that part of it. You know what I'm saying? I love the because once you take the idea of this is a pitch and I'm gonna mm-hmm. be standing in front of a room and turn it into it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. Niggas, that's what we do. We do this shit every week, don't we? We have a conversation. Uh, that's real. You know, that's real. She ain't know you was a podcaster. You know what I'm saying? I'm, shit, I'm a, <laughs> shit. shit. Tell a friend to tell a friend. I'm, I'm Jay Z in that regard. Oh, man, I'm tall, off the top of the dome. Oh man, <laughs> hilarious. So that that turned out well, man. And then you know, I went and kicked it out in these streets, man. So that was a four hour meeting. Yeah, it was. You know, again, after a while, it just turns into building upon the ideas. Now this is a weird question, but it's probably because I'm hungry. 
Did you eat prior? Because that's four hours off the rip. You start nah, your day because it's tough to nah, I don't eat, eat on a pitch day. I don't, I don't eat before I do shit like that. I don't eat before. I don't, I, if I eat before I shoot or something like that, it's light, real light. You know what I mean? I eat after. You know what I mean? So at what point in this meeting, I know y'all having a good ha-ha, you know, brainstorm is, is fucking flooding the spot. It's getting torrential. At what point is your stomach like? <laughs> that's cool, but next nah, steps. Nah, nah. Nigga, I'm getting, nah, I'm getting to the, I'm getting to the bottom line. Well, I worry about the food afterwards. I had a, I had a meeting afterwards. Actually, much. I didn't even eat till later. I ate. I had a six o'clock meeting that I ate at at mm. a restaurant. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I ate. I ate there at the restaurant in the meeting at the meeting. Yeah, my meeting was at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So I ate there. Yeah. It was one of them situations where you come in, and you know I ain't, I haven't really done business in Atlanta in a long time. Uh-huh. So when I'm in this second meeting at the restaurant, you know you know how it's one of them things where you just you feel like you're out, like everything's new. Everybody go to new <coughs> restaurants now. You know what I'm saying? The scene is is changed, and everybody's status is changed, and. From where before we might have been going to Houston's or whatever, mm-hmm. now we somewhere in Buckhead. Mm-hmm. At, you know, some at a, flyer. There's shit. some flyer shit, and you know, you walk in, you don't. It's not the same vibe that mm-hmm. you, you know, what I'm saying that mm-hmm. you you normally used to. But then you start seeing motherfuckers. You know, I'm sitting at the table, mm-hmm. and somebody came through that I knew from from BME. Man, Vince Phillips came through. You know, what I'm saying old school. Uh, used to run um, Lil John's record label. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh shit, what up, nigga? It's me. Oh shit, nigga, what's up? You know what I mean? Then somebody else came. It was just like, damn. Like, fell right back in. And it's the same motherfuckers, but just a whole new scenario. Just a new venue. New venue. Went to a, the next spot after that, and it's like, oh shit. Walk in, and it's like, motherfuckers, um, I ran into somebody that I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know him in, in personally. Right. But we know each other from the social media. Right. You know what I'm saying? But right. like from way back Twitter, like 2007. Early. To now. So that's like, what, 11 years on the motherfucking social media. And over the last three years, I would say I've been purposefully crafting a certain uniform as far as a uniform look. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, it was really for reasons like this. Like, you go in, motherfuckers see you. They ain't never seen you in real life before, but know exactly who you are. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's how I went. It was like, oh, shit, in the flesh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, a fan. <laughs> not, a, not a fan, no, but just but like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what up? Like, yeah, you know who you are. You know, it's nothing wrong with being a fan. It ain't got to be a bad thing either. Right. Uh, speaking of fans, I'm not even a super... Super big fan, but I'm a I'm a fan. I respect the cat. Uh, I don't know. I should have said this to you. I don't know if you saw this LL slander on Vulture today. Mm-mm. Man, this writer, uh, you're already kind of looking at him sideways. A bit of a clown when you're saying certain shit. So this uh. I didn't want to retweet it because I just felt like it's it's some bullshit, it's some slander. But basically, I want to hold on. Let me see this shit. So some cat wrote. I'm not even going to shout the cat out. 
But the dude wrote that, uh, oh, they took it down. Oh, shit. Wow, they took that shit down. Basically, there was a tweet, New York Mag, uh, some writer basically kind of did a re-examination of LL's career, mm-hmm. right? But basically, the the take and the, uh, the quote was something along the lines, I'm paraphrasing, to the best of my ability, but it was like LL Cool J is like a mirror for hip-hop in the way that he was the dollar store variant of every trend that came about in hip hop. What? Yeah. It's uh, it's not it's not down. It's right right here. I see it. But- no, the the story's probably up, but the I think the actual because I replied to that tweet. I didn't retweet it, but I replied to that tweet, and that tweet is taken off. A so dollar store that, variant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get but it's the in the, it's here, in man. the fucking story. Yeah. The shit was corny, and I I, I kind of was like, first first when I saw who the writer was, I was like, first thing I, when I saw that shit, I was like, let me see who the writer was. Now I don't want to just judge the writer by their profile, but I did. I was like, man, if y'all get the fuck out of here with this. But nah, anyway, he can't slander LL. He was not a a dollar store he's variant. A, he's he was a bona fide star. Right. He actually elevated shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he had to come in under Run DMC. Yeah. Who were at that they motherfucking peak and then he outshined them. Yes. So you can't, you know what I'm saying? He was at the time a motherfucking original. He was a huge star. He was you know all what I'm the way one on and I'm a big daddy Kane fan. Right. But LL, they ain't nothing dollar store. And it, it was kind of corny because that whole lingo, dollar store version or great value version or Walmart version of that's a I feel like that's a black Twitter uh you know what I mean? Situation that might the, be the us. writer. Who was the writer? What? Some cat that needs no names, but you you already know what it is. I think this is our uh, our situation showing up. So let's take a quick break because I got somebody coming. And we're back. Wow, that was a, a moment sponsored by JG Mellon that we uh that we actually paid for. They sent over some great burgers with no ketchup. At all. Burgers and fries. Not one piece of ketchup. Good thing we had condiments on deck. So shout out to the condiments on deck. They are the sponsors for today's podcast. Anyway, back to this LL bullshit. Yeah. You had a minute. I had a minute to kind of see what the fuck you was talking about. Gather your thoughts, see what's cracking. Um, How you feel? I, I, You know, it's obviously whoever this person was didn't experience LL's music when it came out. Feels super removed. Yeah, definitely removed. Because if you if you had any inkling of what it was in real time, you understand. Yeah, that it was by far not uh, anything novelty about it. Right. Or fucking dollar store about it. Wow. You know what I'm saying? This is fucked up because that shit was smart. That was shit was hard as fuck when it came out. You right. know what I'm saying? That shit was like the realest shit happening. You know what I mean? Even though he was speaking about specific topics, the way that he came about them was way more authentic than what was happening at that time in any genre of fucking music. And he was just like the standard for success in hip hop. Like, you know what I mean? Like he that that's what really killed me more than anything. Like, you know, 
I fuck with LL. I'm a I'm a LL fan. Uh, it took me. I I will say though, yeah, I grew up fucking with LL. I did remember there were times where you know it was LL kind of was known to be like one album on, one album off type of artist. Like this next album might not be as crazy as the last album, but he gonna get you back on this next album. He ain't gonna go too far. He gonna try some shit. Well, in in his prime, I only remember the one album where he was a little off, but that album still had Jingling Baby on it. Oh, it's you always some shit. <laughs> like, but my thing is, like I said earlier, I'm a, I was a Kane fan. Like where I go, me but too. you know, like LL, he was like the standard for success in hip hop. But it wasn't so, like it wasn't like somebody gave it to him and he he ran through. A, a set formula of success, like oh, you make this song, you make that song, and then you become a standard. No, he became he, he started the standard. Took that shit. He but he even started says I see like in the in the in the piece the cat was like he made a song for women, right? And it's like a dismissive way of like like we can't make songs for women and shit. Well, not even just that because I do feel like on one side there it, it has become. A bit of a go-to or a genre, like even when people break down the songs, it's like. At one point, I remember back in like ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Like if you listen to the uh, Life After Death album, I feel like that kind of started a pattern of certain certain records in my in Tupac the, in, before that though. Okay, but in the in the way that there became this this term as and that there's the term of. The woman record, the girl record. Right. You know what I'm saying? LL was the guy the who created that whole fucking lane, right? Before, before it became the go-to, it was an inspired record that was like, oh shit, you could really do that. You could get all some sensitive flash and still be the motherfucking man. Right. And this is the point that I just want to make. It's like I understand that we in the hot take era. I dig it, and I like I said, I I'm don't. a Kane fan, and everybody, you know, especially now that hip hop is the uh, undisputed largest genre of music, it's gonna come under a whole lot of attack. It's gonna be a lot of cats that's gonna try to revise or take down some heroes, you know what I mean? And um, I know we're in this era where a hot take is about how far it goes. And it might be some bullshit or we're in this hyperbole era, but it's like, man, if y'all don't get the fuck out of here with that silly shit. I hope LL didn't even respond to none of this because I see so many people at his defense like, come on, fam. That shit is ridiculous. That don't even have any merit. You know, like, especially if you're going to introduce your argument in such a way that's like, there's no tack to it. It's, it's tacky as a motherfucker. I understand you want to cut through on Maybe you want to get heard. But the dollar store version? But come fuck, on. Fuck the writer. There's still editors. There's still motherfuckers that's ahead of him on top of him. I and know. That, that, that said, yeah, that's it. We're going to yeah. push this bitch out. Yeah. They have no fucking respect. It's the <sighs> gentrification of this shit, man. Of hip hop? Of the culture. Mm. And then, you know, you got, you know, people talking about it that didn't, that the rappers weren't even talking to at the time. Right. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't part of the culture at the time. Mm. And so they don't understand the nuances of what was happening. Right. Instead of looking at from what's happening now or from 2010 to and comparing it to fucking 87 and 88 and 89 and 90, you know, 
if you didn't come from it, you didn't you didn't really understand how that shit was going and what what it meant. <coughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, but from it's the go- beginning, hip hop has been attacked like that. That's, hey, that's, but you know what though? It, I this is the thing because again, like like I said, I, I recognize the era we in, so I never try to be detached. I try. I don't want to be a, a a prisoner of the era. Right, but I do see like this is, this is the hot take era. This is a, this is a. I do respect the fact that New York Magazine kind of took it down, or at least took that tweet down. But at the same time, the replacement tweet wasn't no better. I'm not gonna say LL is above critique. It's just the way in which you come about that shit. Yeah, but if you're gonna critique it, critique it right. You know what I mean? Use some nuance. No, yeah, don't. Don't uh don't say what it was and it's mimicking this and the dollar store version of that. That's that's just that's rude. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I haven't read the article, so I'm gonna you know take hey, that time to read it. Article is crazy. There's some points he talking about where it felt a little personal. Like I love my to smash his mom. Yeah, maybe maybe his aunt. Grandmother. You know, I don't know how old, how old the kid is, but you know, L L shit was. It was a span. <laughs> I mean, it's, why, why, it Ladies felt, love Cool J. Felt a little, it felt a little jelly in the article. Really? But uh, <clears throat> it is what it is. Speaking of hot takes, so just shaking the game up. This is kind of bugging me out. Jacquees has really shook the game up with his pronouncement of being the king of R&B. First of all, like, I didn't even really know much about Jacquees. I'd heard his name here and there. I never listened to it. I still haven't heard a full Jacquees record. Right. You know what I mean? I knew he was on um, uh, Cash Money. I definitely, you know, I I knew, you know, a little bit about him. I could place him. I didn't know how to spell his name. I had to see it on the timeline a few times. But. <clears throat> spell it. Uh, <laughs> J-A-C-Q. I want to say it's a Q U E E S because the only reason I say it's a Q U because it typically is never a Q without a U, but that's <laughs> that's if you don't take liberties. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that man said, "Yo, something to the effect of," and I didn't even see the. I think it was in the Breakfast Club interview, but I think he said some shit like, "He the king of R and B for his generation." Right, niggas got very upset. Yeah, I saw the I saw the Twitter outrage and you know everybody voting for their favorite R and B star. Did you see the video with Keith Sweat? Keith Sweat looked like he wanted to choke his ass. Did he? <laughs> he, like, he was sick. Little punk bitch. What? That restraint. You. It was like, palpable. Like, let me go in my goddamn room. Yeah, man. Cut I the camera. So choke, choke this little motherfucker. Mm. <laughs> Get out of my face, Tommy. Because basically calling him an old nigga, really. Oh, that was the worst. <laughs> he said, you was the king in your era. You was the king in your era. I'm the king of this I'm the king of the 16 to 25. And then, you know, uh, uh, Keith jumped immediately in defense mode. Well, I'm still getting the bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, know, which he didn't have to do, but nah. you know, he had to let y'all know the cameras yeah. was on that he ain't out here yeah. not eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on now. I'm a king now. I'm not a pauper. But, you know... I don't think Keith Sweat was ever the king of R&B. Mm. I don't. I never. I never <laughs> thought about him being the king of R&B. I do feel like Keith Sweat got his own lane. He definitely got his own <clears throat> lane. This whole king 
of anything shit is weird to me. Right. I, I could, okay. Uh, but if we're going to entertain it, who is your king of R&B? My king of R&B? Yeah. Listen, I, I ain't even listen to R&B. <laughs> well, we entertained it. We haven't entertained I mean, you know. The Kang, Kang. To you. Well, it would have to be somebody from Motown. Mm, okay. Or, or like a, you know, Luther. Okay. You know what I'm saying? From a from a grandstand, but we're talking about rhythm and blues and shit. We talk about rhythm and blues, and we going to say... Okay, you could do the I mean, R. Kid. Kelly had a crown until he's peed on people and shit. Yeah, he's and probably he, the most current king who had lost to, it. He had to renounce the crown. Yeah. So, um, you know, fuck, who else is it? R&B went away for a while. Yeah. Chris Brown came and got it. I mean, I guess he's the most current king of R&B, as they were saying on the thing. His name pops up a lot. Yeah. I'm trying to think who else. You know whose name popped up? Who? Who was like a wild card name. Uh, <clears throat> could Dog Masterberg threw this up? <clears throat> Drake. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, come oh, on, though. Like, shit. He the, the light-skinned Keith Sweat. <laughs> He always sounded like Keep Sweat on the record, man. And he got more R&B records. Who out there? Who got more R&B records? He got more R&B records than Trey Songz, Chris Brown. You think? Not, not, I mean, not in abundance. They but got more, but, but I mean, as far as hits. He can't be the king because he don't really practice it. He dibble in it. Yeah. He dabble in it. But he don't get out there and do what you uh, R&B nigga do. You know what I'm saying? R&B nigga get out there, take a shirt off, dance. You know what I'm saying? Sleep yeah, to the I'm ladies. joking. I'm halfway you know I mean? joking, but he 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 covers a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. But he like, like a he like a karaoke version of R&B. Yeah. I wouldn't give him that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like I wouldn't give it to um, Bruno Mars. Why not? You feel like his more he karaoke? Not, yeah, he like karaoke version of it. He not committed. He not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I he wouldn't do it. I wouldn't He's more of a pop. He'll pop more. He pop. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? He took a stop through right, you know, R&B. Yeah, it's like, you know, I'm here for a minute. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this. It's a novelty. <sighs> and, and it hit, but nah, I wouldn't give it. You got to be true to the shit. Yeah, you almost R and B's like the new blues. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause that shit ain't that always is rhythm and blues. Yeah, but now it's like yeah, but this shit is like. But you know what I mean when I say the blues? Like the blues, it's funny <clears throat> how a sensibility could drive your uh, what the connotation to the genre, right? Ice Blues Cats was probably eating great and living well, making good money, yeah. but. The life of a blues man, it, it feels very journeyman. It feels very like it's just me, my guitar, whatever I'm making tonight, you know what I mean? My vices. No doubt. And this truck to get me with here and there. That's at least the romanticized version of it till you right. find out right. niggas is caked yeah, out. Got, got all his publishing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Been selling out shows since mm-hmm. the 60s and shit. But, yeah. but you know. You still got that. And a lot of these R&B cats ain't living like that, though. You know what I mean? Living like what? The journeyman. No, they living good. Right. So, you know, 
Shit, man. The only cast that's really true to it still is like the cast that's really doing it. Like, you know, Chris Brown is doing it, Trey Songs, they doing it from from a new perspective. Mm-hmm. But on that R and B journeyman thing, you still got niggas like Tank. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Joe. Joe, motherfucking Tyrese when he active. Right. Right. Uh, what's the other motherfucker had the braids and shit? Mario? Nah, damn, Mario. D'Angelo? Uh, nah, uh, uh, look like a football player. Um, Jaheem? Jaheem. Yeah. Jaheem, things like that. You yeah. know? Tessa's like singing. They stuff. really be singing, singing. You know what yeah, I'm saying? You, you know? Yeah. And they, you know, they might not sell all of the records, they might yeah. not have all of the videos, but they true to the form. You know, mm-hmm. they true to the art of R and B. Yeah. You know? Um shit, man. There's some more. Yeah, I mean, of course there's some more, yeah. but that's that's not my specialty or right, genre, right, right, you know right. Like I said, I boycotted it for most it was an of, interesting... lots of my life. I ain't coming to R and B into the Jodeci era. Well, that's when they got cool. That's when it was damn near hip hop. Right. Jodeci was, was damn near hip hop. <laughs> Mary was damn near hip hop. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So but they they opened the door for a nigga like Chris Brown mm-hmm. who down there hip hop, you know. Right, because it's crazy now. Most R and B rap, most R and B singers rap. Most rappers sing. Most rappers sing. Okay, ain't that crazy? Like I remember twenty years ago, you were like, it was. I remember Big Daddy K doing a record with Patti Labelle. I think it was Patty LeBun. I think he also did a record mm. with Barry White. And niggas was like, yo, what the fuck? But he would, we, Big Daddy Kane took it a little too far. He put on some silk he, pajamas. He put on, you know what I'm saying? He took his shirt off, buttoned his shirt all the way he down. Was, but some of these label. niggas has got their shirts unbuttoned. Nowadays, yeah, you can it's whatever. But in the 80s, like, bruh, you know what I'm saying? It was rap, which was anti Commodores and, and uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. And you know Michael Jackson. It was rap. Like even LL, he made a clear delineation between that right. and what is rap. You right. know what I'm saying? And right. LL had his shirt off, but he was he, still he was he had, your he, ass. He had a sweatsuit on. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Yeah, 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 sweatsuit, yeah. no shirt. Right. You know what I'm saying? Kango, Big Daddy Kane took it. Had a silk suit, no yeah, shirt. You know what I'm saying? A With a nice on. belt. Right. right, right <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Like looking like your daddy now. Yeah, you know, so he hit a cone on us that that threw us for a loop. It got a little too mature, too, right? Too fast, and then yeah, he started, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, fucking with Madonna, and he, he just went pop real yeah. quick. Yeah, I mean, we ain't really want that from our hip hop stars back then. Now every rapper, damn near every rapper, sing just a little bit. No doubt, auto tune made it so. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But you think about like almost every rapper. Sing a little bit. Right. Even Hope. No doubt. Well, very little with Hope. A little bit, but he had a song. But you got Andre 3000 the credit. Yeah. And, Pharrell. And, and Pharrell. But Pharrell wasn't a rapper. Pharrell but came in a- as a singing hook, singing ass, almost like a. Right. He was almost like a. What's my name? Nate Dog. Bro. Nate Dog. Wilson. He yeah. was like Nate Dog almost. Yeah. You, you didn't know him as a rapper at all. You just knew him on the hooks. And but but uh, Dre he... did that whole album he was singing for real for real, and then Pharrell made an album where he singing. But Pharrell was never a rapper. He said he's a producer. He was never a rapper rapper that you knew as a rapper that right. switched All to right, singing. Fair enough, got you. 
And Dre then, made her sing an album. And then T Pain. Most Def. He but that was after that was later. Nah, most def was before Dre. It was? Yeah, I think it was like maybe the was year it? Umi Says might have came out before I definitely came out before Love Below because Umi Says was like 98. Love Below was like maybe 01. All right, shit. There might be some other people before that. Yeah, most was one of them singing, like early singing rappers. 1999. Yeah. Wait, Umi Says, 1999. I never heard that album. You never heard Black on Birth Sides? Nope. That's a fucking classic album. I mean, I'm just saying. No, I know. I'm saying too. That's a classic album. It's worth your time. No doubt. No doubt. Oh, man. What else? Is going? <laughs> nah, I'm just, I don't want no point of content. I'm just saying, yo, don't miss that one. That's no, worth, no, I wasn't. I that's wasn't, worth checking no, out, no, even no, if you, that you know. Ain't well, I was laughing. Yeah, okay. I'm going to check it out. I like most, but I wasn't in, again, I'm, I was from the South. Uh-huh. So most wasn't cracking like that down there. So, you know, man, I actually moved to New York that same year Umi Says came out. That's probably how I missed it. Yeah. Like he, you know, what I mean, you caught most on maybe that random singer that was on um, Rap City. What made Umi says so big is because Nike used it for a campaign, because that's what gave it a second life, mm-hmm. and it was like a popping ass Nike commercial. You was like, oh shit, they got most out because you know that was back in the underground era with cats. Right. You know, it was everybody was everybody wasn't like regularly accepted checks with the same gusto that they are doing now. Right, you know what right, I mean? Right. Um, so, yeah, but on the on the side note, man, the boy uh, Jacquees, Jacquees, it was a power move for him to get himself into conversation at least. He, gonna, he made some streams off of that. And speaking of that, that was kind of slick what Spotify did with these little baseball cards they put out. Have you seen these shits? Well, with the with artists? Your, with your stats? With your, start, your stats on it? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a cool little market employee play to the egos. That's like, that's almost like the new plaques. Right. You know what I mean? Shout I mean, it's a good year in, you know what I'm nice saying? Nice slick move. Let them, know, let them know where you at with it yeah. in, your, in your whole, you know what I'm saying? We scenario. tracking you. Yeah. You know? Hilarious. Mm. Yeah, they they Spotify's on their shit, man. They they doing some good shit. Yeah, yeah, that's what's you know up. What I'm saying now I don't have them, I don't pay for them, but I see the shit they doing. Yeah, I see they show up in the culture. I see they spending money and shit. Yeah, yeah, they out here working. You know what I'm saying? Oh man, uh, what is that noise? It sound like I think that's the radiator. Some shit. It sound like it's about to <gasps> explode. Like a, a coffee pot. Mm. Oh, one of my favorite lines I was looking for this. Uh, TikTok, your pussy's on my clock. That's one of Kiki Palmer's uh, pimpisms. <laughs> TikTok, your pussy's on my clock. Basically, come on, baby, you gotta get up, just get out here. You already bullshitting. It's time to work. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was horrible. <laughs> TikTok. Your pussy's on my clock. I did want to see this shit until, <laughs> until that. You got to watch it, man. Uh, now you got to watch it, man. There's some moments yeah. in there. There's some moments in there. got to check it out, man. Check oh, out Tyler, no, too. Man. Um, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check out Tyler. Speaking of some gunplay, this is random. But uh, I saw Widows. You know, you saw Widows. Mm-hmm. My man, I forget my man's name. That motherfucker was a 
Stone Cold Killer. When he had the two cats, they was like, they was trapped in a barrel rapping and they took him out at the, oh. at the day. He like, yo, they was rapping. Them niggas is cold. He like, yo, I rapped the verse. <laughs> and he, whoo-wee, he, he gave it to him. Shout, shout out to my man, Stephen Hill. Is that, no, that's not Stephen Hill. Stephen Hill played the bodyguard who opened, who discovered them in their rapping. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, nah, nah. I'm talking about the killer. Yeah, I know, killer. I know who you're talking about, the killer. Stephen Hill went to Hampton. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, a friend of mine. They'd be shouting him out heavy. Yeah, um, yeah. Shout out to that man. And shout out to that killer. Let's find out his name. It's not David. It's not Daniel. Yeah, it's the dude from... from Get Out? From Get Out. Yeah, it was Daniel Kalua? Yep, something like that. That motherfucker was... I mean, a ruthless killer. That <laughs> shit was... I was like, damn. Every so often you catch one of them in a movie. You like but see, this motherfucker get a thrill out this shit. He did, but the thing about it was, for me in that movie, it didn't play right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, his, cause I guess he from he where he from? He from London? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so you know when whenever like a, a somebody from another country play a, like a a black American mm-hmm. gangster or thug or hood person, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Sometimes the beats are off, you know what I mean? Mm. And even though he was like this crazy ass killer, it didn't mm. feel like that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It felt like a movie. Mm. It felt like a movie killer. Like, you know what I'm saying? After school special ass killer. Hmm. To me. It didn't it just didn't it didn't resonate as this oh shit. I I didn't you know what I mean, I didn't feel that way. I was into it. <laughs> he was a, a killer ass killer too. He was getting to it like he was. That motherfucker was on a spree. No, he, like, he did. He did his job. It just it just didn't resonate as he was, he was in Chicago. He was a Chicago ass killer. It did. It, it felt movied out. You it felt saying? movied out. But it was still. It was still like because uh, gunplay in movies is one of those things that is is one of those. Uh, it's tricky, you know. Like sometimes it's very fantastical. Sometimes it's like so over the top. Right. Sometimes it's like so almost realistic that it's jarring as fuck. Like oh shit! Like it's not. It's not no melodrama to it. Mm-hmm. And um, I would have to watch it again. But there was there was a succession. Of your man, like there was a there was a glee that mm-hmm. he had when he was popping niggas. Like he was, right. it made him smile. Right. And I thought that translated. Even I mean, it, it wasn't like it might not have felt like a Chicago killer, like a you know what I mean. Like, but as far as a character that was killing motherfuckers, mm-hmm. it was something. He was he was he was like. He was drunk off the violence, and in, and in real life, you know what I'm saying. Killers don't never look how they how you think they look. You know what I mean? Yeah, they be looking they, real. They, you know what I mean? They, they don't always look like that motherfucker. But again, you know what I'm saying? As the nuances as the actor trying right. to portray a certain thing, it just didn't hit you as well. And I mean, I, I was with it. I watched it. I enjoyed it. It just didn't sit as like okay. I I don't think nobody really has gotten Chicago right. Chicago is a very specific kind of nigga, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they do shit differently, you know what I mean? And they they have a seriousness about them. 
Like the most brutal shit I ever heard in the streets come from some Chicago shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like just motherfuckers go hard. And I don't think they have been portrayed. <laughs> you don't feel like they've had the adequate representation. Nah, nah, they ain't had the adequate represent. The best representation of Chicago comes. Cooley High. Nah, I mean, I don't even think that was Chicago. Was that was Chicago. That was like Chicago. A yeah, I buddy. thought that was Detroit. I'm pretty sure it was Chicago. The L train. I think it's Chicago. Yeah. Anyway, I just think the uh, the hardest representation of Chicago niggas come from their rappers. Really, like. The the real the new young niggas and then um what was them cats uh oh L L the L L E P bogus boys they had a nice little they gave you a nice edge that you know what I'm saying I don't even know if they like real 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 like that but but they portrayed that shit in a way that made you feel like okay that's they they summed up Chicago thugs in a way that felt real as fuck L E P bogus boys. I'm trying to think. You know, it's so funny. I was thinking about, particularly about that. I forget what I was watching. But one thing that I've noticed about Chicago cats in particular, they more often than not, some real slow talking, like deliberate, slow talking motherfuckers, but not slow talking in a way. Like sometimes when people talk slow, you could be ready to dismiss them. Mm-hmm. Especially like, New York niggas be speaking fast and they, you know what I mean? You know, a lot of cats I know from Chicago take they fucking time with mm-hmm. what they saying. But you still, you gonna, you gonna listen in because it's not like, all right, my guy, co- co- we, you know what I mean? It typically be about something. I've, I just see that it's some show. I forget where it was, but I was like, damn, because typically... Like black Chicago niggas talk slow to them, but you gotta you gotta kind of take a second to have a if you gonna have a conversation with niggas from Chicago, you might have to take a second to like, all right, you like you can't be impatient, right? So uh, I forget who was there. It may not have been on Widows, but I've seen that. I've seen that uh, representation. Mm-hmm. So uh, nah, but yeah, it, you, you know. feel like there needs to be better. I think Chicago needs a real Chicago movie. Movie, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, maybe you know, Cootie and Chike or somebody could do it. But Mm. uh, maybe there's one we don't know about. I mean, I'm sure it is, but it's just like you know, I haven't seen it. I'm saying they know. And every time in big media they show Chicago thugs or whatever, it just be like that ain't it. That ain't it. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like even when Spike played with the term, you know, Chirac, oh, yeah, 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 you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, you can't even really play with that. You know what I mean? Right. That's not even. You might see it a little later. Because I, I, what I've also noticed, too, is like a lot of cats from Chicago don't really like to all the way lean into the. It's either they all the way embrace it. Mm-hmm. That'd be like the rap niggas. But like cats that I know from Chicago, like they that don't leverage that. They be trying to be like, hey, you know, it's more, it's more. Yeah, to definitely, because they 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 out here on the ambassador tip, right? You know and what, what I'm saying is like, and they don't want you to look at them like, right? You know what I'm saying and like you, they city, yeah. and if you want to see that real deal, because they do have, they have both sides. They got the most bougie of bougie niggas as well. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it, more than DC. I think so. I think so. 
I think so. I can see. I, I mean, it's an interesting Chicago conversation. Is, like bougie Southside Chicago is a different motherfucking hoes, <laughs> different shit. They got they different type of pride. Nigga, they they what? Please, Hilarious. you know what I'm saying? You're not finna out bougie you now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. <laughs> a bougie tournament. You know what I'm saying? Nah, you ain't gonna do bo- it. Who got the bougie crowd? Like DC, they got it, but it's a DC is a certain thing, and it and they kind of they kind of um, move in a certain space, and you know, like Chicago niggas will be in yo in a regular space, and then. Flip out and hit you with the straight boot, like nah, cause blah 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 blah. And Obama's my neighbor, and <laughs> be like, God damn, you mm. know what I'm saying? Like they 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 know how to they have that duality in Chicago. They cause it's so street, but then it, then again, there's a lot of money go through there. Tell us in the comments what's the top five bougie black cities. We wanna we might do a little a poll. <laughs> If you feel like Chicago's number one, if you feel like DC's number one, you feel like some other city we're not even accounting for is number one, let us know in the comments. Let us know on the Instagram. This is something that could move. I like this. <laughs> the bougiest black city, 2018. <laughs> oh, man. All right, in the conversation awards. Anyway. Woo! Anything else you want to say or how you feeling? I mean, shit, man. You know... We're gonna be out for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And we're gonna but we're not gonna leave you guys hanging. We got some shit. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna we gonna be talking shit for the next couple of episodes. We dedicated. We dedicated to leave y'all with something. We're not gonna leave you in the lurch. Mm-hmm. We've been going this far four years without a missing a episode. Not missing the beat. We ain't no dead beats. You know what I'm saying? So came in on a day off. No I man, came in day off, laid down. You know what I'm saying? Some work for y'all to, yeah. you know, to chew on while we out. Yeah, man. But, you know, I'm going to be happy to, you know, get into these holidays. Yeah. I'm going to be down in the A, um, still be focused on winning, but, you know, actually spending some time with my family as well. Mm. So, That's you know, up. I hope everybody out there had a good 2018 right. and is plotting on a great 2019, right. and your holidays hold up if you're on the Hanukkahs and the Merry Christmas and the Kwanzas, you know what I'm saying? All that. Have a great time. Take this time to do what you do. Mm. That was deep. We should have just faded to black, because what I'm just going to say is uh, tell a friend to tell a friend. And even the internet. To get in the conversation. Yeah. We're out. Happy New Year! Happy Holiday! Merry Christmas! All of that shit. The main thing of it all is to be in the conversation. Conversation.